0: Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. I'm Brittany. And this is episode 32. Today, we'll be reviewing season five, episodes 13 and 14 of The Walking Dead with the lens of friendship.
1: Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Diana? I am doing good, but I'm a little bit tired. I feel it. I we had really a lot do. of
0: meetings today, but mm. you know, got through it. But I'm re-energized being here with you. Good. (laughs) And I did want to talk about the Emmys. Mm -hmm. Did you watch any of it at all?
1: No, I just looked up the winners list.
0: Yeah, so I didn't see it entirely. Mm -hmm. um, But I did see a few of the winners and I was really happy
1: because they were shows I watched. Oh, good. (laughs) So that part was exciting. Oh, yeah, I saw Barry won a few. Yes, Barry won for Bill Hader and
0: um, Henry Winkler. And it was funny because Henry Winkler said he um, took out his uh oscars or not Oscar, sorry <laughs> sorry emmys oh. <laughs> he took out his emmy speech from 34 years ago <laughs>
1: oh my God! <gosh.
0: laughs> it was being funny it was you know it was like finally yeah and then from godless mm-hmm. uh jeff daniels won and oh. um i think her name is merit Weber oh, I'm not even sure if I'm mm-hmm. saying her name properly. She was the one de- who played Denise on The Walking Dead. Oh. And then she was on Godless. and she, oh, and was she good won on- for that. Yeah, she okay. won for that. So that was really cool. And um, what else do I watch that? Well, of course, Game of Thrones won. That was good. And, I was happy about that. Um, did you see Ryan Murphy won? Oh, for assassination or wait. Yeah, no. yes. For, oh, okay. yeah, Versace. Gotcha. So for that, and that, was, and he gave, like, an emotional speech. Like, his vo- voice was quivering, and I love it when it's, when they accept and they're so moved by it.
1: Yeah, I love Ryan Murphy.
0: And you know who was totally shocked and I love that she won was Regina King. Oh, yes, for seven seconds. Yeah, Amazing. I haven't seen that, but mm-hmm. I just love her on um, American Crime Story. Mm-hmm. Or is it American Crime? Um, Yeah, I think whichever one it is, but all the ones that she's in, she's always so amazing. And everything else she does is so amazing. So it's very true. So it was really fun uh, to watch those people win. Definitely. And I felt that there were predictable people that were supposed to win, they thought it was going to go a certain way, and it did not. So people Mm. were really kind of shocked.
1: Interesting. Yeah, like,
0: Bill Hader did not think he was going to win, and oh. people did not think he was going to win. Not because he wasn't good, but because of the people he was up against. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, we think certain people are going to win. Mm-hmm.
1: So so I liked it for that reason. That's good. Well, I just want more diversity next year. That's yeah. all. Lots yeah. more shows that highlight people of color. Yeah. I just feel like everything was so white.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, and they were saying they were shocked that... Um, uh, Glover didn't win, I was I'm afraid I'm going to say. Donald Glover? Yeah, I was going to say Danny Glover, oh, yes. like I did last time. Yeah, that Donald Glover mm-hmm. uh, didn't win because they thought, oh, my
1: God, he's going to win for sure. He's really so, talented. Yeah. He's a writer, director, yeah. actor, singer, rapper. Like, he's just yeah. so... he's does it all. He's just so talented. Yeah. But I know he's won before, but yeah. I just think that he's really good. But there's more shows out there that highlight... I just feel like sometimes there's only so many shows that get nominated for this stuff and we watch a lot of TV and I'm thinking okay I watched that and yeah it was good but was it the best I watched this year yeah no like I just sometimes it doesn't make sense to me some of the shows Mm -hmm. that don't even get a nod at all so just like "Uh, you need more
0: uh, another, that just reminded me, um, because a lot of people like Sandra Oh and thought maybe she should have won for her role, but someone pointed out that the role she's playing doesn't have a specific part that highlights her, and mm. you have to send those to the people that are voting, and if you don't have something good to send them, it could be that someone sent a better um, piece of their work. Gotcha. So okay well I don't know who knows yeah yes yes hopefully more diversity but anyways how was how are you
1: I'm I'll be honest with you I'm not like that great I'm just just so busy and I'm so and like it's a very good problem to have I'm very aware of that I understand I'm so thankful and like I'm so blessed to have everything that I have I really Mm know that but I'm just so busy I miss my dog uh, <laughs> I miss, yeah i miss yeah, my boyfriend like yeah. it's just i can't wait till the next two weeks are over so that we can just chill and like yes. have time together because that is the most important thing of to course, me so yeah. i'm just you know i'm just moving through yeah <laughs> okay diana let's do our recaps all right so
0: season five episode 13 forget The group continues to try and acclimate to Alexandria, but have trouble adjusting, especially Sasha. Deanna throws a party for the newbies, and Daryl and Aaron
1: bond, and Carol devises a plan to get the group's weapons back. Season 5, episode 14, Spend. Tara, Eugene, Glenn, Noah, Aiden, and Nicholas go on a run, and it goes awry, leaving Aiden and Noah dead, mostly because Nicholas panics. Carol and Sam bake cookies, while Abraham becomes a new construction manager. <laughs> Lastly, Maggie overhears Father Gabriel telling Deanna some unflattering stuff about Rick's group. Okay, Diana. so our theme is friendship, and I want to talk to you about what friendship really means to people in this group. So, I see a stark contrast of what that friendship could mean to Aiden and Nicholas... Versus Glenn and Noah. So they are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. It becomes really clear that Aiden and Nicholas are the ones who left their friends behind during the last run because they were the ones who panicked. And their friendship seemed to be more of a convenience rather than a real bond rooted in respect, care, loyalty. Meanwhile, you have Glenn and Noah who are polar opposites of Aiden and Nicholas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Glenn and Noah, they trust each other's plans immediately. They don't question each other. They have a strong interpersonal bond, and this really helps them to follow whatever the plan is because they have faith in each other that it'll work. Mm -hmm. That's the enigmatic part of relationships though, right? That's the mystery. They will fail if one person is not on the other's wavelength true friendship is really critical in the apocalypse. Lives are at stake. And I think this represents the lifeline that friendships can provide in our current society. We all need people that we can vent to and receive validation from and to lift us up and encourage us. We confide in these people. We trust them. And if anyone violates that trust, it does cause us pain. And watching these episodes through the lens of friendship, it just kind of made me think about how valuable relationships like Noah and Glenn's are. It made me evaluate whether my friends now and in the past were there because they truly believed in me and trusted me or if I was just convenient. And I think when you look in the past, it becomes clear who those friends were. Mm But, you know, now I'm pretty confident in saying that I have true close friends. And if an apocalypse happened, (laughs) I hope they would risk their lives in order to save mine. (laughs) I I just don't see them running away or panicking because I feel like faith is really embedded into the connections that we have. And I am really grateful for that. Where did you see friendship in these episodes? So I saw a friendship developed between
0: Daryl and Aaron. So as they are hunting, Aaron is impressed that Daryl can recognize the difference of a walker and a living person walking in the woods. (laughs) Then they spot a beautiful wild horse and Aaron tells Daryl how he tried to catch him, but he hasn't been able to. So Daryl gives it a try, but the stupid walkers come and scare (laughs) it off. Then Aaron shares his thoughts with Daryl about them both being outsiders and gives Daryl advice on how to get the Alexandrians to not be so afraid of him. Of course, Daryl says he isn't looking for anyone's approval. <laughs> and then they see the horse again and they try and save him but the walkers surround him and take him down and I hate (laughs) when animals are killed Mm -hmm. it was so heartbreaking Aaron has to shoot the horse to take him out of his misery and he tells Daryl he always ran and Daryl says you were trying to help him I love that this experience connects them Later, uh, Daryl joins Aaron and Eric for dinner, and Aaron reveals to Daryl he wants Eric to retire from recruiting and for Daryl to take his place because he needs to be out there and he's really good at reading people. Daryl is flattered and accepts the offer by saying he ain't got nothing better to do mm. and that he will go catch some rabbits. Ah, true friendship. <laughs> Daryl and Aaron share commonalities. They are both adventurous, brave, funny, and loyal. In life, we pick our friends. We share similar interests and values and want to feel connected. We support and care for each other. And I love my friends and I would not, I would not be whole without them. And I want to thank you, Brittany, for being my friend. Oh Diane. From the bottom of my
1: heart. Don't make me emotional <laughs> right now. <laughs> Thanks for being my friend too. You you're like my free therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you're mine too. <laughs> saved me. Two. You saved me hundreds of dollars.
0: <laughs> I love well, of course we see each other at work and you know, we talk there and we do work there, mm-hmm. but While doing this podcast weekly for all these weeks, we get to sit across from each other. And, of course, we have conversations off the podcast. (laughs) And then we have, you know, we do this podcast because we both love television. We both love The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so happy to share this with you.
1: Thank you. I think it's very special. So I feel the same. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're awesome. You're awesome. So, I also saw friendship with Carol. So, Carol pretends to be friends with people, (laughs) 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 which doesn't look like it's too hard for her, and it makes me wonder if maybe she acted like this similarly with other women when she was with Ed pre-apocalypse. Like, maybe she was a bit more reserved, but it does make me wonder. She was hiding abuse in the world uh, pre-apocalypse, so maybe this was just a familiar charade for her. But... What struck me was that Carol could barely be bothered by Sam. I recognize that her experience with children has caused her nothing but grief lately. I mean, notably Sophia, Lizzie, and Mika. However, it just made me cringe when she threatened Sam, when she kind of shoved him out of their house, and she just acted so disgusted by him. I mean, he's a kid. Is he a bit annoying? F yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry diana i always do that for me i like it (laughs) but he does i just don't think he deserves to be like pushed aside and treated as if he's in the way i know carol's not a bad person but her inability to form a friendship with him at first when he visibly needed a friend it really made me so sad for him and she only began to take more interest in him once she finds out sam is abused by Pete, and this kind of compelled me to think of the people in my life that I find annoying (laughs) (laughs) and to just challenge myself to smile more at them, to ask them how they're doing. Maybe these people are the ones who need more attention Mm -hmm. because no one has time for them or finds them valuable enough to listen to. And I know that that's something I have to work on. So I really want to try to be a better ally, a better listener, a better friend, even if I don't really consider them my friend. (laughs) So it's kind of hard for me, but I'm going to (laughs) try. It makes sense, though. I mean, you're right. Mm -hmm. It just really made me think. Yeah. So happy I watched that episode. (laughs) Yeah. See,
0: we learn things all the time. People say, oh, my God. TV, it's running your What are you doing? Hey, we, we learn stuff all the time and we exactly. apply it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we're learning. Exactly. So it's,
1: it's not just a mindless act, mm-hmm. especially since we do it mindfully. So it's... <laughs> we do. <laughs> okay, Diana. So what are other things that you noticed? I noticed, uh, Carol tells Rick about
0: Jesse's situation. So Carol figures out that Pete is abusive to Jesse and to possibly Sam, too. She tells Rick, I know how this is going to go with Pete, and there is only one way this can go. You are going to have to kill him. I was like, oh my God! <laughs> this totally reminded me of Lori when she told Rick
1: that Shane was dangerous and basically told him to kill Shane. I agree. A hundred percent. It definitely felt like that. And I also want to add that I just didn't like that at all. She's clearly biased because she's a survivor of abuse. I understand. And of course, I sympathize with her. But telling Rick that Pete needs to die is pretty crazy. Does Pete hit his wife and kid? Yeah, probably. Does he deserve to die for it? I don't know. Meanwhile, two-dimensional-ass, evil-ass Negan (laughs) killed tons of people with an audience laughing in people's faces, and they threw him in prison. But, okay. Makes sense. I
0: want to talk about Sasha. Poor Sasha. She is going through some shit, for sure. (laughs) First, Bob, her boyfriend, dies, and then her big brother Tyrese dies. She is definitely having trouble adjusting, In the beginning of Forget, she is having target practice and is waiting for the walkers to come, assuming they must hear the noise, but they don't come, and she seems amazed and surprised by it. She wants them to come. She says, come and get me. It is sort of what Tyrese went through, too. It made me think about how tired and defeated they must feel from all the loss. Mm -hmm. It is so overwhelming. At the dinner party, Sasha really freaks out (sighs) because everyone is so casual, talking about what to make for dinner, and she (laughs) yells out, that's what you're worried about! (laughs) She realizes what she did, and she immediately leaves the house. The people in Alexandria are either unaware or in denial, but I do appreciate how this show examines the journey of emotions in the apocalypse.
1: I also want to say that that's a prime example of privilege, Mm -hmm. of not understanding what other people's lives are like and what they've been through, and not understanding that it's real. Yeah. So I totally, the first time I watched it, I didn't like Sasha's attitude, but now that I'm rewatching it, I totally get it. <laughs> that like was I, me too. I totally get it. Yes. I was feeling just as irritated as her. Yes. So I'm just, you know, rewatching oh does wonders. It does. Because I, yeah. We've been like
0: that with a lot of people. We're like, oh, I didn't like them that much. <laughs> and I don't know what this, but like, you know, going
1: through it again and really thinking critically about it and yeah. putting ourselves in their positions, I mm-hmm. think, is really helpful. Yeah. Okay, so, fun fact, before seeing Noah's death, I was thinking, wow, Aiden's death was hard to watch, and, hmm, I forget when Noah dies, mm-hmm. and then he dies. <laughs> I just was thinking, oh, crap, but Noah's death is even harder to watch, because we have to watch poor Glenn mm-hmm. watch Noah die, and he's so distraught over it, so I'm just really hurt to watch. I, uh, yeah. It was hard. And I thought the same thing.
0: I was like, oh, this is the episode where mm-hmm. Noah dies. I didn't I didn't realize it was coming, too. Um, I wanted to talk about Rick and Company. Um, so they are seen as, well, as Father Gabriel puts it, Satan hiding out as angels of light. Which is interesting because that is how it may be perceived until you look further. Rick and Carol seem extreme, but throughout the episodes and the season, you come to find out that they are more aware and have had these experiences that have made them come to their choices. They are all reacting to living out there 24-7. Alexandrians appear to be nice, civilized people, but really they are weak, ill-equipped, cowardly and prone to inaction. While Rick and company are about action, Aiden admits to Glenn that he and Nicholas were the reason that the others were killed. Nicholas is quick to leave Aiden, his friend, behind. Then he sacrifices Noah and Glenn's safety to save himself. Then he tells Eugene to leave the others and to get out of there. While at the construction site, walkers invade the area and the scout falls out and her fellow Alexandrians are ready to leave her for dead. But it is Abraham who risks his life to save her and afterwards he is ready to go back to work with while the alexandrians are ready to call it a day it is amazing to me how these people survived as long as they have while rick and the others have made really hard drastic decisions they always have each other's backs
1: okay diana we are at why we love rick why do you love rick i love rick Because he surprises the heck out of me
0: sometimes. (laughs) So Rick tells Jesse that the reason he is there is because of Judith and Carl. He says, I get what you've been telling me. Here isn't that bad. Rick takes Judith from her and kisses her (gasps) on the cheek. She smiles at him and walks away. (laughs) Her husband is there. I know. (laughs) I'm like, WTF? (laughs) WTF? That's so funny. Yeah, I'm like ah,
1: ah. So I don't know. It's really true. So why do you love Rick? I'm gonna say the same reason. I think it's so fun to watch him flirt. He's so charming, and he's just so handsome, and just like <laughs> yeah. oh my god, Rick. Stop I know. It. i was like, what are you doing? Oh my god, you're making me blush. <laughs> 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 uh, and I just want to point out that Michonne is a very patient woman, because, you know, we saw them flirting yes. before, and she now has to deal with Rick flirting with this blondie over here, yeah. and just, you know, Michonne's an angel sent from above. She's like, it's cool, <laughs> I I'll know, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Diana, so what are you currently watching?
0: So, I, of course, am watching Fear the Walking Dead, uh, season four, episode 13. We find out the name of the mystery woman wreaking havoc on Morgan and the group, and her name is Martha. And they reveal her backstory, which is interesting, but she does injure our group and leaves Wendell chairless and the others on foot. They find a hospital to take a very short breather and Al puts herself in harm's way to save the others. We also see Charlie and Alicia looking for the group and working together to figure their way. On The Talking Dead, the guests were Tanya Pinkins, who plays Martha, a.k.a. The Filthy Woman, which I thought was hilarious (laughs) that that was her name all these episodes until she was named Martha. The Filthy Woman. Oh, my gosh. And Lou Diamond Phillips who directed the episode, which was awesome, and Sinbad, who is a major fan. So it was really fun to hear from Lou Diamond Phillips. He is a big fan and was so excited to read the scripts ahead of time, but then he realized he couldn't talk to anyone about it. So he was like being tortured oh my gosh he also was looking forward to working with kim dickens and frank delane but realized they died that they died prior to his first direction of an episode what a bummer but it was really fun to hear how much he enjoyed directing the episode and he so badly wants to be an actor on fear so let's see if they hear him on that um so world of dance finale i'm gonna announce who the winner was uh The winner was The Lab, and they're a young dance group, ages 8 to 16, and I just want to say they were super impressive. They were diverse, young people who danced with emotion, purpose, and a message. They uh, danced to Waiting on the World to Change, and they had, like, these little vignettes, Of life in their dance. So they showed like soldiers coming home to their families, homeless people asking for help. It was just daily life for some, but it was so powerful and well executed. There was such a maturity in their choreography and it was so amazing to watch. I watched Atypical this is a Netflix original, second season, and I love this show. I really like the first season, but I think I almost like the second season even more. It had me laughing out loud, and I shed a few tears. It was really good. It's about Sam, who is 18. He is on the autistic spectrum, and it's about him growing more independent as, as his family tries to cope with him and their own issues. It's cute, funny. It has honest moments and great performances. So I really recommend watching Atypical on Netflix. I also watched The Sinner, and I was a little bit let down. Um, And I don't understand how Julian doesn't look like either of his parents.
1: I agree with you. But I did like the unveiling of the night that well, spoiler: the night that Marin takes Julian, and you realize she's the hooded person yes, that's been following yeah. around. So I yeah. think I like the seventh episode better than the eighth episode. Mm-hmm. I felt like seventh episode could have been the finale without her dying. Yeah. But you're right; the ending was so like just so sad and so screwed up. Yeah, all of it. And you're so right; that was bad casting. It
0: I was look waiting, like either yes, person. Yes, I was like, okay, where's your parent? You know, he he you have two white parents right (laughs) that's not working for me you know i agree i was waiting for that to be revealed yeah and i'm
1: like what i know they did a bad job casting him
0: and then ambrose is that his name the Mm -hmm. it's like what's really going on with him but i think they're still just peeling back layers with him right but so I they're going to do it for a third season. Yeah, so, but I, it leaves me like, ah, uh, what's happening? You know, what's going on? Yeah. So I think because it left me with a lot of questions, that's why I was like, uh, I okay. totally agree. I get that. So, And then I watch Mayan's MC, and that continues to be good. And I just wanted to share a fun Easter egg find in the last episode. Philippe, who is Easy's father, is given a phone number, and he looks at it, and the camera hovers over the number. If you call that number, in real life, it's Gemma's voice. And her message says, hi, you've reached the Teller Morrow garage. Nobody's here to take your call because we're all effing dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm
0: like, okay, I haven't done it or tried it, but I read that that, you know will happen so i just thought that was kind of cool oh my gosh and so i also watched the marvelous mrs mazel and i had to watch because it won emmys for best actress and best comedy and i've only seen two episodes but it's been interesting and it is set in the 1950s which i really love and i think it's incredibly done i think the production is awesome and the only movie I watched was Red Sparrow, and it's with it's a spy thriller with Jennifer Lawrence and Joel Egerton. And all I really want to say was, um, you know, it didn't get the best reviews, but uh, Jennifer Lawrence kind of helps it along. I think she does a really good performance, but it just has a lot of violence, and there is sex, so if you don't like that, don't watch it. Okay, Brittany, what are you currently watching?
1: So, I also watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because it did win Emmys. Well, I watched it because it was nominated for the Emmys. I didn't know it was going to win all those Emmys. Good (laughs) for them. It's good, but I just don't understand, like, the crazy hype about it. I do like the 50s element, but I was telling you before that I just do want more shows with diversity in general. I'm just, you know, I'm always a hater. Just, (laughs) that's me. (laughs) I'll give it a score once I finish the series. And I started watching American Horror Story Apocalypse. There's been two episodes so far. The first episode was okay. I haven't watched it. The second episode was better, in my opinion, but not... It just hasn't pulled me in like previous seasons have. You know, like, Coven pulled me in, episode one. Murder House pulled me in, episode one. Even Asylum pulled me in, episode one. So, this one, it just has a different vibe to it, I guess. But I am excited for like the all-star season because a lot of the previous characters they're being they're making appearances or they're coming back so i think that that is really cool so i'm excited to see all that i watched the land of steady habits and ben mendelson from bloodline isn't it eddie falco from nurse jackie Mm -hmm. isn't it Thomas Mann and Connie Britton, they also star in this. So, apparently, it premiered at TIFF only a week ago, and mm-hmm. it's now on Netflix. So, it's about a family dealing with divorce, retirement, and addiction, and I thought they were relatable characters. Thomas Mann and Charlie Tehan were the ones who really impressed me, actually, because they were different from other roles that I've seen them in. But the overall storyline, it's only about an hour and a half. It felt really choppy at times so overall I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 and that's all I watched that's it mm-hmm. I told you I've had a busy week <laughs> I've done something every night this week yeah. so I'm just but what I did watch was like okay so yeah. that's good <laughs> okay Diana we are at and the award goes to. so what was your favorite quote character or moment
0: my favorite Character is Glenn for his bravery, for doing everything he can to save everybody. He puts himself on the line and tells everyone to run to safety when helping Tara, Aiden, and Noah, and then doesn't kill Nicholas after he selfishly saves himself, which I would have. To watch Noah die such a horrible death with the walkers tearing him apart, was so incredibly graphic and devastating. Glenn had to hear and watch his friend die in front of him. Stephen Yun was so believable, and bravo to him for giving such an emotional, phenomenal performance. It was heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm.
1: What about you, Brittany? This is going to sound strange. But I'm going to say Father Gabriel's conversation with Deanna at the end of episode 14. I don't agree that Rick and his group are bad people, but I do agree that they're super self-righteous and they think they know all. And I can see why that would be off-putting to people who don't know them. Because they feel like they have the most experience, they deem themselves judge, jury, and executioner, and I, I don't think that's right. Father Gabriel, he tells this to Deanna, and then they have the scene of Carol telling Rick to kill Pete, overlapping, so it does ring true. And I also enjoyed that they began and ended the episode with Father Gabriel. So, that's
0: our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity,
1: or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever. We'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday, but the next show will be our last for a while. It's on season five, episodes 15 and 16. You can find our blog at the link listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye.